Hello and welcome to another episode of Two Guys in a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. Well, here we go again, Craig, geeking out because it is Valentine's Day coming up. And what do we love more than to find some sorry excuse for our indecisiveness? Yeah. By like, oh, there's some holiday. Let's just go and see if there's anything related to the holiday. And actually, also, this was spurred by our loyal listener and good friend, Heather, who handily sent us a list of Valentine's Day films. Last year, we did My Bloody Valentine, and that remains one of my favorite episodes because that movie, you know, we were were even remarking at the time, how many Valentines have gone by on this darn show, and we haven't done a Valentine's Day theme. Yeah. And My Bloody Valentine is so notorious. And then we did it. We, We really enjoyed it a lot and had a lot to talk about. So that, I'm sure, just started this long tradition that we're going to have of the next (laughs) six more Valentine's Day themed movies we have to choose from. Hopefully they'll make a few more in between. Um, But from that list, uh, Craig and I chose 2001's aptly titled Valentine. Now, uh, I had never even heard of this movie. It came out in 2001, so that puts it squarely around this Late 90s, sort of post-scream, I think, uh, re-fascination with mainstream slasher movies. Uh-huh. So they all had this particular style of young, beautiful people in it. And this, <laughs> this like, it's so funny how this movie was cast. So Valentine stars Denise Richards, Katherine Heigl, Jessica Capshaw, uh, people who... <laughs> You know, when you look at the trivia on this movie and you see who was almost cast in there, they're all like from the same pool, right? Yeah. Like Tara Raid was almost (laughs) in here. Jennifer Love Hewitt was almost uh, Denise Richards' character in here. So, uh, in fact, the director uh, came off of Urban Legends, Mm -hmm. uh, which had, uh, what's her name in it? Um, Who was that woman? The Noxima girl. Rebecca Gayhart. Yes, and she also was, uh, he wanted her for this movie, but uh, that didn't end up happening either. So just go to that pool, find a bunch of attractive looking 20-something hot actresses at the time who had also been in other slasher movies and put together this Valentine's Day themed film. And then just load it to the brim with characters. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Just, just throw as many people as will confuse two poor guys who are trying to put on a podcast about it. Uh. so many characters i like almost ran out of paper trying to write down just the names of everybody in this and another (laughs) character would come into the screen i'm like oh shit i like (laughs) another person to remember try to figure out their name so that we can recount all this for you guys this movie i had never seen it before had never heard of it before um, was a very interesting little time capsule how about you craig do you have any history with this at all uh yeah i'd heard of it And I remembered that I had seen it. And I thought I remembered who the killer was, but that's all I remembered about it. I didn't Mm. remember anything else about the plot or anything. I I would imagine that the main draw for me for this movie was David Boreanaz. Mm. First of all, he's gorgeous to look at, but he got his big break on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He was out walking his dog, and I don't know if it was a, a... a casting person or the direct I don't know who it was but somebody just saw him on the streets of LA walking his dog and said you should come audition for this part and he got the role of Angel on Buffy the Vampire Slayer which was a <laughs> show that I absolutely loved still love think it's one of the my favorite TV shows of all time and then he of course went on to star 
uh, in the titular role of the spinoff Angel. And his career just blew up from there, and he's still, he works all the time. He's He's got some big show where he's a big masculine guy i think it's called like seal team or something i don't know but (laughs) that was probably the draw in addition just to the fact that you know always all my life i have uh, kept up with horror and this was kind of an exciting time um in horror because it screamed through it back into the main stream and uh, so we were getting these big theatrical releases and you're right they're all very similar in that they're all very polished and um, full of gorgeous people. If you were young and watching television and and movies uh, in the late 90s, early aughts, you're going to recognize pretty much everybody in this movie from something. And, you know, many of them are still very much in the public eye, but uh, here they're all young and gorgeous. Um, I don't know that Denise Richards has ever looked better. I mean, she's just stunning uh well in this movie you watch this for david boreanaz i was i would have watched this for denise richards i had a huge huge crush on her at this time i i mean probably pretty much ever since starship troopers and this is a this is a pre-boob job denise richards which i mean no judgment there but uh right i do i do have my preferences so (laughs) (laughs) anyway yeah uh she you know denise richards isn't the best actress on the planet, mm. quite honestly. She's, mm-hmm. but, uh, and that's pretty obvious in this movie, but I, I sure enjoyed watching her. Well, I, I don't blame you at all. I mean, she looks amazing, um, but she's, she only exists in the movie to be a sex pot, you know, like, yeah. And, and, and not even, you know, this, okay, so the director of the movie, like you said, had done uh, Urban Legends, but he wanted to do like an, old school 80s slasher he wanted it to be a throwback and uh, in many ways it very much is it has a lot of the elements of an 80s slasher you've got a backstory where something terrible happens and is an excellent setup for revenge and then that's what it becomes basically is a uh, revenge slasher with a masked killer Mm. and you know it's a mystery who is the killer it was initially intended to be much like many of our favorite slashers from the 70s and 80s very gory and lots of really violent kills and they filmed them that way but then uh it wasn't i think that they had to trim a little bit to appease the mpaa but it wasn't even really so much that even when the mpaa was appeased um, the studio requested that they cut more of the violence and gore, at least in part in response to the Columbine tragedy. I, I think that they were concerned about too much on-screen violence uh, in the wake of that. So they toned it down a little bit, which is kind of unfortunate. And suppose, you know, there are a lot of cut scenes, deleted scenes. Uh, I think that some of them are available on some release. I, I didn't look for them. I read about them. And and it just sounds like mostly they were just extended a little bit more, you know, you saw a little bit more of the carnage. It didn't really seem like we were missing a whole lot. But that he was going for this type of thing and that you can tell that that's what he was going for. It's just a little bit disappointing that it got neutered a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, such is the industry. It, it happens all the time. And and ultimately, what we're left with, I don't really know how 
I don't know what to say about it. Um, yeah. There, it, it's fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with it, aside from maybe the fact that I do think that there are too many characters, and I, I think maybe it tries a little bit too hard with the red herrings. Yeah. And some of the red herrings I didn't even get, like... There, there was one red herring in particular. I'm like, who is that guy? And and they keep <laughs> they keep throwing suspicion on him, but I don't have any idea who he is. And then you, you never really find out. <laughs> like yeah. he was just some rando that they thought maybe did it. I like. Uh, I don't. <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I finished watching it, and I was just kind of trying to wrap my mind around why I was so underwhelmed by it. Uh huh. I thought, was I just not in the mood for it? You know, what was it about this movie that I just felt so blah about? Because, like you said, it it pretty much checks all the boxes. It does, yeah. And it looks good. It's just kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say boring, but (laughs) maybe having so many characters in it, you never really latched on to any one particular person. It doesn't really focus around any one particular person. And I remember in a previous episode, you had kind of pointed out something to me that was a bit of a revelation. You were like, you know what? This movie did not have a protagonist. Uh-huh. It just bounced between all these people. And now I'm not going to say that this movie doesn't have a protagonist, but it's pretty damn close. Because yeah. it's like, it's the story of... Jason, Shelley, Kate, Paige, Adam, Lily, Detective Vaughn, Campbell, Dorothy, Kim, the stepmom who's in there for like 10 seconds, Gary, Jeremy Melton, Max, and Amy. And like all of these people have their moment. You know, the, I, I didn't just list off five main characters and a bunch of extras. Like all of these people are kind of popping in and out throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's hard to kind of maintain a focus on anything besides the plot. And then the plot itself, oh, like you said, it's just a revenge plot. From the very beginning, there's a there's a sort of what you might call a flashback sequence to many years ago. I actually liked that. Yeah, I liked this. The um, setup was good, right? Because it was kind of cool how it's like you sort of know who the killer is, more or less, but you don't know who he is. You can kind of guess, like sort of rooted in history after seeing right. this intro scene. Oh, clearly this is the person getting revenge on all these people. But now this person's an adult. And so you don't know which guy it is or if there's a weird twist where there's some girl who has some reason, you know, to do it. So it was a cool setup. Even though I thought that I knew who the killer was going in, it still kept me guessing. There there were parts where I was unsure. Ultimately, I I remembered correctly, but it did uh, keep me guessing. But I do like... Um, that that setup scene, it, it feels very, very much like something we would have gotten in the 80s. It's set at like mm. a middle school dance, um, and there's this young boy who's supposed to be like this big nerd, I guess, like the school nerd. And uh, I think they maybe, I don't know, I didn't read anything about it, but I think maybe they put some prosthetic uh, teeth on him to kind of make his teeth look a little bit janky. Um, yeah. Other than that... <laughs> He's a nice-looking kid. kid, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like all the nerds back in high school. Yeah, I, I kind of didn't believe that he would be getting as much flack as he was. The kid, you feel for him, it's sweet because he's at this dance by himself, and he's going up to all of these girls and asking them to dance, which, having been an awkward adolescent and teenager, I know what a nightmare that is. Like, 
yeah. it, it's it takes so much courage just to do that, to put yourself out there and to ask these pretty girls to dance. And he does. He he asks what I can only assume are like the popular girls. And it turns out to be all of our main girls later in the story. But not only do they reject him, they're really mean about it. Like Yeah, most of them. Yeah. I remember the the girl who grows up to be Denise Richards and they paint up this young girl to look like Denise Richards. It's funny. Do they? I thought that was basically her. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was like, like her. he's he's going around to all of these like child actors and then one of them is like Denise Richards but with pigtails or something. Like, <laughs> I was like, whoa, that, that was, that's a bit of a shock. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, but anyway, they're, they're mean. Shelly, dance with me. In your dreams, loser. <laughs> w- w- would you dance with me? I'd rather be boiled alive. All of them are mean, except for one, the, the, you know, the one who looks nice, and she's wearing a nice dress, and um, her name's Kate, and instead of rejecting him outright, she just says, maybe later, which almost, like, he gets so happy about, like, oh, yeah. maybe later, like, uh, <laughs> I felt so bad for this kid. I did, too. And then the last girl that he asks is a girl who's sitting by herself in the bleachers, and she's a pudgy girl. I mean, she's not, again, she she looks fine, um, but she's yeah. a little bit heavier than the other girls, and, you know, clearly not as possible. Just heavy enough to tease. <laughs> yeah, right. And she's reluctant, but she's alone too, so she says yes, and then I don't know if we see them dancing, but the next thing we see is them under the bleachers making out. A group of boys catches them and starts making fun of them and i guess her being desperate to not be teased which i also understand she claims that he the boy attacked her and so this group of boys you know grabs the nerdy boy and pulls him out and strips all of his clothes off down to his underwear right here in front of everybody and then beats the crap out of him um, and and is often the case in these types of movies. I really felt bad for this kid, and like, yeah, yeah. you get your revenge. <laughs> <laughs> right? They're mean. They deserve it. Yeah, it's a mean kid thing to do. And and then it cuts to the future, and we figure out right away that uh, one of those girls from the dance, her name is Shelly, she's played by a very young Katherine Heigl, who is a very outspoken actress, and that's gotten her in trouble um, sometimes. She's been called difficult to work with. She has said uh, that she regrets making this movie. She hates it. She thinks it's stupid. Um, She didn't read the whole script. She only read the part that she was in, which was just the first few pages or something and um, she was really disappointed with the end product whatever but she's she's a med student and she's out on a date with this annoying guy named Jason and he's super douchey and he always refers to himself in the third person right okay well thank you Jason it was nice to meet you what that's it what's it don't I get a kiss excuse me just a little freaking kiss. Oh, God. Look, this hard to get shit doesn't play with Jason. You know, Jason, I'm not a doctor yet, but it's my considered opinion you seek psychiatric help. 
soon. Says you. <laughs> and he, God, he's such a douche. Yeah. And so she calls off the date early, I think, and goes back to her med school and is going to be, she's working on this cadaver, getting ready to dissect a cadaver. When By she the way, hears a noise, yeah. You know you really struck out in this date when your date would rather go back and cut open cadavers at like midnight as opposed to <laughs> go home with you when you're done. Oh, God. He, but he was really, really awful. I don't yeah. blame her at all. <laughs> I don't I either. I was just cut up a cadaver. I was just like, man, she works late. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> but and, and that's it. Like uh, so, she's there, and then she hears a noise, and she looks around, and there are a couple of jump scares. The director has said in hindsight that he wished that he hadn't done so many cheap scares uh, and and made some of the attempts at humor that they made. Um, he wished they had been a little bit more straightforward about it. But uh, you know, yeah. it, it it is what it is. But she gets chased around by somebody dressed in all black and wearing i guess what i would just what it's described in everything that i read as a cherub mask i was thinking since it's valentine's day it's cupid yeah but whatever i mean it's just a mask (laughs) (laughs) i guess cupid's a cherub (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and he, and he chases her around with a knife, and eventually she ends up in another part of the morgue where there are a lot of body bags laid out on uh, rolling tables, and the killer comes in and starts going through each body bag, and at first he starts unzipping them, and then he just starts going and stabbing everyone, and he finally gets to the last one or the second to last one or something. He opens it up, and she's in there. She has hidden in there, and he slits her throat. And this is one of the scenes that was cut pretty extensively, I guess, before we were supposed to see her neck get sliced and the blood splurred out. And it's really mostly just suggested now. But it, it, you know? it sets the tone for what the movie is going to be. You know, they get a slasher kill in there, so we know that this is how it's going to play out. And then it introduces us to the characters that we're going to be spending the most time with. And it's the remaining girls. There's... Kate, played by Marley Shelton, who I very much recognized, and I realized after I looked her up that what I recognized her from, she plays the sheriff in Scream 4 and Scream 2022, Mm. and she is kind of... Like you said, it, it really is an ensemble piece, but if there's a central character that follows, it's her. And then Denise Richards plays Paige. She's the sex pot one. Jessica Caulfield, who worked a lot and still does, very recognizable face. She's a very funny actress. Um, I remember her as Reese Witherspoon's, one of Reese Witherspoon's two ditzy friends in the um, Legally Blonde movies. Um, She's like the wild, funny one. Dorothy, played by Jessica Capshaw, who I think has done or maybe is still on Grey's Anatomy, I think. She plays uh, Dorothy. She was the overweight one. She's not overweight anymore. And that's it. Yeah. Right? It's those four main girls. And all of them except Paige, the hottest one, have boyfriends that we meet also. (laughs) And and have to keep track of. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's a nightmare. <laughs> well, she also received a Valentine uh, shortly before 
Uh, she oh, that's dispatched. right. Um, the first yeah. one, Catherine Heigl did. Yeah, Shelley's character. She received one of those Valentines. It was, uh, you know, you open it up and then there's a saying in it that's actually kind of twisted. And they're interactive Valentines. You know, they're the the really expensive ones from Hallmark where you got to like a pull tab or something. Yeah. And uh, I don't remember what this one was. It's like. I do. <laughs> the the journey of love is an arduous trek. My love grows for you as you bleed from your neck. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, actually, um, I thought that her kill was the most suspenseful one of the whole film. I actually, unless I'm mistaken, I, I thought it was kind of a disappointment that what I considered one of the most compelling of the stalking scenes was pretty much done at the beginning. Yeah, and they're all kind of the same because they project themselves so much. Like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, okay, she's going to die. Like, Then they're going to get it, yeah. Yeah, as soon as the scene starts when somebody's going to be killed, you know they're going to be killed, so you're just mm-hmm. waiting for it to happen. So it's not particularly suspenseful in that way. Yeah, I don't really even know... Gosh, how I mean, to... we can't go through every Be, little right piece because of this. there are so many characters. Okay, so uh, Kate speed dating. <laughs> oh, they're speed dating. Well, Kate has like not a boyfriend, but a guy that she still like. They're on again, off again, and that's David Boreanaz, and his name is Adam. Um, and the reason that they're not together now, she says, is because he has a drinking problem. And when he drinks, he she doesn't she doesn't get into any specifics, um, but she says that he scares her when mm. he drinks, and he's still around. Like they all go to the first girl's funeral, and he's there, and they talk, and they're still very friendly. Yeah, there's still clearly chemistry between them, and and he clearly, I, I mean, it, it's not hidden at all. He wants to still be with her, and he's. He claims that he's cleaned up, that he's been sober for three weeks or something. And he, I think he asks her out, and, and she kind of, she says no. Um, but uh, she also says, I'll call you. So it's not like she's completely closed yeah. off to it. She's just a little bit hesitant. I mean, you sort of feel like she really still wants him. She's oh, just, yeah. You know, doing the th- she's doing what she kind of feels is right or whatever. And I felt like his alcoholism was treated almost comically in this. Like like you said, we don't really see much evidence of it until later. But it's all but it's like you know they talk at the funeral and then they go back to the car and she looks in his in his car and she sees like a, a newspaper. She picks it up and underneath it's a tequila bottle. And mm-hmm. she's like, what is that? And he's like, oh, uh, well, uh, you know, it, it was just for a friend. I was going to give it to a friend. <laughs> like, <laughs> Right. He's like, a bu- just... a, my buddy got a promotion, so I just got it for him as a gift. So Which could silly. be true. I don't know. Because he seems like a really nice guy. He seems like the nicest guy in this whole show. Yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, I thought maybe he really is trying. And as the movie goes on, they spend more time together and... They kind of go slow, but uh, it seems like they're working their way back together, and he's really nice. They keep getting Valentines. Um, Dorothy gets one. 
hers says, roses are red, violets are blue. They'll need dental records to identify you. (laughs) (laughs) Paige and Lily live together, I think. And so they just get one together. Uh, And it says, tis a well-known fact that beauty is skin deep. Savor the taste. You are what you eat, which is very sloppy poetry. (laughs) Fail. Epic fail. They don't actually die from eating anything but it's included there's like some chocolates included with that like a heart-shaped box of chocolates and they open it up and they start eating the chocolates and then realize they're maggots crawling out of them and i i love i mean more than anything for a theme movie it doesn't just touch on valentine's day it's this whole film is dripping with valentine's day, oh right? yeah they're it's getting Valentine's definitely chocolates. About, uh-huh. Val- yeah, Valentine's dance, Valentine's party, yeah, all all kinds of stuff. And yeah, and that nice. was, it was fun. I mean, yeah, I like that bit of it. I really did. You're got to go all the way with this sort of thing, you know, if you're going right. to do the thing Valentine. All of the Valentines are very clearly signed J M mm-hmm. with, with two initials. So that's something that kind of keeps you guessing. And I think it was kind of interesting how the characters themselves are also guessing. Paige and Lily sit there and go, JM, who could that be? It's like Jason Moore? No. James Madison? No. And like they list <laughs> off like 10 people they know. <laughs> Right. With with the initials JM and I'm like, man, these girls get around. Uh-huh. That was one of the sillier red herrings. It right? was but they do come up with it. It's uh Jeremy it, it's the kid. Jeremy yeah. Melton. It's it's the kid from the dance. They do figure that out once they all get called in to meet with the detective who's the smarmy guy who shows up at the funeral as detectives always see oh my god right (laughs) to to interrogate people at a funeral always Uh, but um he tells them that the parents of the first female victim got a sympathy card that said like it was a regular sympathy card on the outside but then when it opened it when they opened it up, just written in big red letters, it just said, too bad, so sad. And it was signed Jeremy Melton, not just J.M. Yeah. So they're pretty sure that it has something to do with him. Why would Jeremy Melton want to hurt you? Well, he attacked me at a dance in junior high, and he got sent to reform school because of it. Well, that would explain why he threatened you. But why go after Shelley? Why your friends? I don't know, but he is. He was first sent off to reform school, and then I think he did some time, like, in an institution or something, and then he fell off the map. Like, they have no idea what happened to him. They have no record of him for years. And they immediately jumped to the conclusion that he must have had a bunch of plastic surgery... To look totally different. <laughs> right. So that he could come back and nobody would recognize him and he could exact his revenge. The detective is very, he's skeptical of the boyfriends. Mm. Kate is like, well, it can't be Adam. I know him. She's like, I know, I've known him for a long time and she has. And she's like, you know, I know what his parents do. I know where he's from. I know everything about him. It, it can't be him. And um, they're all a little suspicious of Dorothy's boyfriend. Because he's just this random stranger that she met at yoga class, and then he immediately came to her door and gave her some sob story about how he couldn't pay his rent, so she moves him into her house. Like, she doesn't even know his last name. Yeah. Granted, he's really good looking, so mm-hmm. I get it, but... Might as well. <laughs> they're, they're all suspicious of him. Well, there kind of comes a point where the girls are, are openly, like, sort of 
accusing each other like of harboring you know the guy you know i think it's a little later in the movie but it's interesting how during the film they're all openly discussing this throughout and th- that might be something about what's a little annoying about the red herring is they're kind of constantly throwing this in your face that it could be any one of these guys which also made me wonder could it be a girl you know right could it have been one of those girls who had a reason to be upset and i, I was actually waiting for the guys to get bumped off as well. I figured, well, most of these guys that were either being introduced to or have not yet been introduced to throughout the movie must have had something to do with beating this kid up. Right. And so I thought, okay, it's going to be like a combination, like kill the girls and kill the guys until the one that, you know, didn't refuse you is left. And then, you know, who knows what he's going to do with her. But... I mean, it's it's sort of a pattern that's projected, but then it sort of turns out, you know, spoiler alert, the guys really don't get bumped off. And and that was surprising to me. Uh-huh. Why would this kid who comes back for revenge want to kill the girls who refused him as opposed to the dudes who were responsible for kicking his ass? Humiliating him. Yeah, right. You know? I, I guess that was a major criticism of the film, and it makes sense. It didn't even cross my mind. I guess I just wasn't putting that much thought into it. But apparently, at some point, there was a scene either written or filmed that just didn't make it into um, the movie that explained that at least one of those guys had died prior to the events of the movie under mysterious circumstances. So maybe, I don't know, the killer is going after them too. I, I, Just didn't get to him in time yeah, or something Or like whatever. Like, yeah. So everybody, nobody knows who it is. They go to this... Um, art exhibit it's this weird like video screen art exhibit very pretentious <laughs> very la <laughs> yeah and uh, it's being thrown by this guy named max he's the artist he is played by johnny whitworth who was the main guy in empire records i mean these <laughs> these are just the <laughs> hot people of the moment and and he's a big douchebag but he's with lily and so they're in this exhibit, like, making out. Like, there's tons of people there at this exhibit, except for when there shouldn't be. Like, <laughs> like, right. like there's tons empty. and tons of people, and then all of a sudden there's nobody around. Right. And she gets mad because she's making out with her boyfriend, and this other girl shows up and is watching, and she notices, and she's like, get out of here. And he's like, oh, I invited her to come. Like, he thought he was going to, like, have a threesome in his art exhibit with all these people around or something. Right. And so she gets mad, and she leaves, but she gets lost in the exhibit. It's like a, a maze, like a maze of video screens. And not only that, but like the panels of the walls she doesn't see it it keeps happening behind her but they keep moving like i think somebody's boxing her in there yeah um it's very elaborate, and eventually really. and eventually she gets like to a dead end and she turns around and she sees the cherub killer standing at the other end of the passageway that she's in and he shoots her with a bow and arrow yeah because why not I mean, <laughs> yeah, I thought that was cool. <laughs> he shoots her several times in the abdomen with a bow and arrow, and it strikes her with such, such force that it pushes her through the video screen, out a door, onto a ledge, over the railing, and her body falls several stories, conveniently into a dumpster that then slams closed. So nobody can find her. <laughs> right. And I guess that uh, the, this actress, Jessica Caulfield, uh, sustained injuries um, filming this 
death. I, I guess that uh, she was wearing some sort of protective vest, but the arrows still hit her with such force that it, they knocked the wind out of her. And then she had to hit her back up against that rail and lean back over it, and uh, I guess she got all bruised up there. It sounds like, I don't know about their uh, stunt supervisor. Were they really shooting arrows at her? My God. (laughs) I don't know. They're shooting something at her. But yeah, so, so she's gone, but conveniently... She was supposed to be leaving anyway for a business trip the next day anyway. So the fact that she's gone doesn't worry anybody because she was supposed to be gone. I, I, In the back of my mind, I don't even know how many days this is supposed to span, frankly. Mm. Just a couple, two or three, I think. But if there, I thought, okay, fine. It, it makes sense that she's away on business. But if there's potentially like a murderer out there, like wouldn't somebody call her? Like they have right. cell phones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have, you know, big clunky flip, flip phones. phones. Why yeah. don't? Why doesn't anybody call her? But they're not worried about it. So nobody really knows that she's been killed. The detective kind of calls them back in and assembles them all to discuss this a little bit more. And I think one of the things that kind of bothered me about this movie and made it a little boring is I felt that everything was a little slow. And I mean, like, yeah. literally, the scenes were slow. The pacing of one person talking to another especially in these groups when you have the five girls or whatever sitting in the police station with this guy, like it's like 10 minutes that could have been three. Mm-hmm. I just, I was just like, well, talk already. Okay. Like finish your thing. Stop giving a look like, Oh my God. So that was, that was annoying. And that, well, as soon as I noticed that, and that was especially in this detective scene, I realized the whole movie is like that. The editing on the dialogue scenes is really really slow it felt long it's not a long movie it's only an hour and a half ish but it felt long and because there were so many characters it took me it seemed like forever to watch it so like i i'm sitting here (laughs) watching it on one computer screen typing my notes on another computer screen my partner is sitting behind me doing a puzzle and at one point i i checked the time stamp um on the movie and i'm like i I said oh my god this movie is so long right it's it's only an hour and a half and i've already been watching it for two weeks (laughs) (laughs) that's how it felt i mean i thought at one point i thought are they really stretching it for time are they choosing these dialogue scenes to just fill in a couple extra seconds here and there to just stretch it for time it was just arduous right and and they think like that's because that's the thing like there's only one lead it's the jeremy what's his butt melton lead jeremy melton lead but then there's these gosh darn red herrings so at the party the exhibit party Mm. uh page and kate walk in and they notice this good looking guy looking at them and we see the shot of him it's the creepy douche that the first girl was out with in that early scene. Jason and, Jason likes you. Yeah, Jason Bone. Yeah, that talked about himself in the third person. And his name is Jason Marquette, J.M. Yep. And they see him, and he's, like, smiling at Kate, like, making eyes at her. But then when he sees Denise Richards, he looks at her and, like, glares at her and turns around and walks away. What? Why? <laughs> You made the wrong choice there, I have to say. <laughs> and, and then they, well, uh, but uh, I, I just didn't understand. 
Yeah. Like, who is it? Are we supposed to be suspicious of this guy just because he has the same initials? And, like, why is he looking at Kate with googly eyes? And then not it's not like he just looked at Denise Richards and, like, rolled his eyes like, oh, not good enough for me. Like, he looked at her with disdain, like, Ugh, I hate you, yeah. and then walks away. So the detective is investigating that guy. They're trying to find that guy. Then also... Kate has this freaking creepy-ass neighbor that only speaks to her in rhyme, and she tells her boyfriend, Adam, that, like, her panties have gone missing and, like, weird (laughs) stuff. And then very soon after that, we see a killer POV coming into Kate's apartment. The the, The creepy neighbor is in there putting on her underwear and stockings. Yeah. And uh, the killer kills him brutally with an iron. Scary Gary. I liked that kill. Yeah, you don't see a lot, but it was really violent. Yeah, it was. And and so then I'm thinking, oh, well, the killer has to be Adam because he was the only one who knew about the creepy neighbor. But Mm. then... Kate comes home, like, right after this happens, and Adam's, like, standing outside her apartment, like, knocking on the door like he's trying to get in, and I thought, okay, that could be a ruse, but then she goes upstairs, and she opens her bathroom door, and she's frightened because Paige is in there, and I'm like, well, maybe Paige did it, like, (laughs) just so many red herrings, I, I, I had no idea. That's right, and then, I don't know if this was supposed to mean anything, but there's sort of a meaningless bit where the police detective is coming on to Denise Richards' character, Paige. Uh-huh. He has a moment with her where he asks her to, to stand back. So, Paige, what are we going to do about this? I thought that was your job. You're the detective, right? I'm not talking about the case, Paige. Don't be coy. I'm talking about this. This. Tension. The tension? The sexual tension. Let's be frank. Detective Vaughn, please remove your hand from my thigh. All right. Where would you like me to put it? How about up your ass? And I was thinking, do these two have a history? You know, is there a thing here that that we're about that's about to be revealed? But no, right? There's nothing. It's weird. It just, and then that kind of drops. Every man that she interrupts interacts with it just seems like they just expect her to just drop her panties the yeah. second they say a word to her which i don't understand like she's way out of all of their leagues she's yeah. pretty much out of anybody's <laughs> league really pretty much yeah uh, i guess all of that kind of leads up to the valentine's party right yes yeah i mean it's it's just there's a bunch of weird shit that happens that you kind of end up scratching your head by the end like D- D- Dorothy and Campbell have a have a you know like a little confrontation because we're supposed to suspect Campbell and then he gives her a cherub necklace and they kind of make out that's after okay so she she's desperately trying to hang on to him like that's a point of contention like she's mm-hmm. mad at her other friends because she thinks that they just don't want her to be happy or something when really they're just concerned about her. Um, so for Valentine's Day, she gives him an expensive watch and a he Rolex, says he doesn't. Yeah. yeah. And he says that he doesn't have anything for her, but then they start making out and it cuts to them in bed. And it's obvious 
that like he couldn't get it up for her, <laughs> yeah. which is which is stupid. Um, so she goes to take a shower, and he comes and he opens the shower, and he's like, "Oh, I do have something for you," and it's this cherub necklace. Oh god, this was so slow. This whole like, oh god, they should have just cut all that out. They should have. It was dumb. It was like fifteen minutes of nothing <laughs> between these two characters. That they, it, what, right? We, they both shower, and then like. He uh, goes downstairs. Now, as it turns out, we hear him, we overhear him having a phone conversation, and he's trying, he's trying to scam them. He is a bad guy. He's a, he's a grifter, and um, Mm -hmm. he's trying to uh, transfer all of her rich father's funds out of the the father's accounts into uh, his own account, and I guess his plan is just to do that, and then take off but uh she calls him on one of their like house phones and asks him she says you know the the hot water's out will you go uh, light the the pilot light and so he goes down there and like oh okay well here's Mm -hmm. where what's his name gets killed and he does he gets an axe to the back um while his back is turned and and so i guess you know there's one suspect down i suppose yeah i suppose and i guess that's the thing but you know does the killer kill these two guys because they're just they just happen to be in his way at the time? Because there's really no motivation ultimately for him to kill Scary Gary the neighbor or this guy. None of them were associated with what happened at the dance, right? I mean, yeah, it, it was confusing. I thought their deaths themselves were kind of red herrings. Like, ooh, why would the killer be motivated to kill these guys too? Uh, as it turned out, I, I'm still not really sure. <laughs> I'm not either, and I'm not really sure why the killer, especially this one, why was he even there, and why yeah. would he bother? Why would he bother with this guy? Yeah, why was he there especially? He was, like, hanging out in their basement? Right. It doesn't right, like, why? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and then there's the party. The party's at Dorothy's house, because she's apparently the richest one. At, well, it's her dad's house. but uh, it, And it's a huge Valentine's Day party, you know, decorated like crazy. I mean, it, look, it looks great. It looks fun. Um, it looks like a movie party, you know. Yeah, um, super but, rich uh, people. Dorothy's bummed out because Campbell hasn't shown up. Um, and at this point, I was really starting, I was like, hmm. I was starting to get suspicious of Dorothy. Yeah, me too. I thought that that would kind of make sense because ultimately she was kind of humiliated at the dance too. Mm. Or even if she wasn't so much humiliated, it it, it certainly spoiled her night. You know, she was getting some. <laughs> yeah. well, I was actually thinking that maybe she had, you know, ended up later on in, in the intervening time sort of having a relationship with this boy. Right. And or... On his behalf, you know, taking revenge or working together. I thought we were going to have like a scream moment there at the mm-hmm. end where it turned out to be a couple that took took everybody out. But uh, yeah, so I was suspicious of her and like, you know, her her sad act at the party. I was like, you know, maybe that maybe it is kind of an act. Maybe she figured out what he was doing. And so she took care of him. Um, but now she has to pretend to be sad because he's not there or whatever. Adam shows up to meet Kate there as they had agreed. Paige meets the guy you you mentioned, and I cut you off earlier, much earlier in the movie. They Paige and Kate had gone on a speed dating thing, and there had been one guy that Paige had been kind of interested in, and he shows up at the party, <laughs> and she's dancing by herself, very seductively, and oh man. God, she was so hot. She really was. 
Uh, but he comes up and, and starts dancing with her and immediately has his hands all over her, which I thought was really gross. But he says, I'd, you know, I'd really like to take you upstairs. And she's like, okay. And she's like, but why? And he's like, well, I got a surprise for you. I want to show you something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so original. So she goes upstairs with him and they're like standing there kissing a little bit. And then she's like, I thought you had a surprise for me. He's like, I do. And She's like, okay, well, what is it? So he steps back and in the least sexy way possible, strips down and drops his pants and just stands there. (laughs) And she's like, you brought me up here to show me your penis. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, yeah. And then they just stand there and he's like, what are you waiting for? And she's like, what are you talking about? He's like, wax it. Like, what the? (laughs) Like, nobody says that. But as it turns out, it's a setup because she plays him. She starts acting seductive and she tells him to finish undressing and lay down on the bed and he does and she kind of gets on top of him and then she pulls out these scarves. I don't even know where they came from. (laughs) And she she ties him up to the bed, at which point, if you hadn't realized already, you realize now that the bed is completely surrounded in candles. Mm. And so she blindfolds him and she's like, do you still want me to wax it? And he's like, yeah. So she takes a candle and pours hot wax on his dick and oh, leaves. Oh, God. And leaves him tied up in the bed. <laughs> don't you Don't you love these movie parties in these giant mansion-type houses where just some random bedroom you could walk into conveniently has candles lit all around the bed and... There's like a room with a hot tub that nobody's in, you know? I mean, just like all this stuff. <laughs> hmm It's so fun. This other girl who looks very, oh gosh, I don't know, preppy, I guess would be the right word, uh, shows up. And she's pissed off because she's Campbell's ex. I guess she was the last rich girl that he tried to scam. Mm. Um, and she sees Dorothy and she's like, that's my necklace. He stole it along with all my other stuff. And they throw her out, but she immediately comes back in through another door. Paige goes off by herself because she's not having fun. Max, the artist, tells Kate that Lily never showed up in L.A. I mean, it's just, it's plot. It's just like plot, it's plot, loads plot, plot. of plot. And oh, then, God. who is it? I can't remember who it was who stumbles into the man cave, which again is totally... It's Ruthie. Ruthie is this girl, the Campbell's last mark. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I kind of liked her. She was funny. She was very uptight. But she goes through his stuff and takes his watch, which, you know, do it. I mean, if he scammed you and took your stuff, take whatever you can get. Um, But she then sees the killer dragging the dead maid. And it's so funny because, of course, you don't expect to see a killer and a body. So she's like, oh, geez, who are you supposed to be? (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) Oh, God. But then she soon realizes that uh, it's a killer with a knife and the killer starts chasing her. And I thought that this scene was pretty suspenseful. Yeah, this one wasn't bad, actually. This was. She runs and, and is being chased and she eventually hides in a sauna and she hides underneath the slatted bench. And so you get one of those cool like slats of light across her face as she's cowering behind there. And the killer looks in the window but doesn't see her and then kind of goes away but then pops back in like Maybe he missed her or something, but 
then he leaves. But then she realizes she crawls further under the bench and she finds Campbell's body under there. And I don't know, she comes out, the killer finds her and smashes her through a shower door and then smashes her face into the shards of glass yeah. um, at the bottom. There are two shards sticking up. I thought for sure it's going to be two eyes in there, but uh, no, this wasn't a Fulci movie, I guess. After this, um, Adam guzzles a bunch of wine and gets weird. And this is, again, why I say, like, his alcoholism was treated really hilariously because it's like he downs, I don't know. I don't know. He Maybe he had a bottle. Who knows? But suddenly he's like, okay, oh, uh, uh, uh. I'm like, oh, this is such a movie thing. And it doesn't make any sense. No. Why? Like, it's not like something set him off. No. Like, he just, at this particular moment, fell off the wagon. Like, what? Like, hard on the ground. Yeah, it just... It, it's just so contrived. I, I thought it was dumb. I didn't think his acting was particularly great in this scene either. But yeah, so the no. kid gets pissed off and runs away. Uh, Paige <sighs> gets, um, she's in the hot tub by herself in a bathing suit. She looks fantastic. Yeah. She hears something and then a rose appears on the side of the hot tub. And at first she thinks, you know, she's like, ooh, does someone be my Valentine? But then she gets mad. I mean, I have to say this this killing scene was extremely elaborate. I mean, this was I loved very it, written. frankly. It was, it's stupid, but I loved it's, it. It's so stupid, but it was cool. Like and and you remember she was as a girl, she was a person who told this boy, "I'd rather be boiled alive." And so her fate is to be chucked into this hot tub and then the lid of the hot tub, which is sort of like plexiglass on the top gets locked down over her so she's like not really drowning because there's a little air in there but she's trying to kind of remain above the water and then he's got a drill <laughs> a huge enormous drill <laughs> he what? brought along i mean how could you possibly plan all this out let alone know that Paige is going to be alone in a hot tub in the middle of this giant party anyway yeah he goes in and he drills a bunch of holes through the top which i'm thinking well at least she's got some air now but <laughs> you know he's trying to drill her through it and she's screaming, and then finally he opens it back up again and just chucks the drill in there, uh, which, of course, electrocutes her, which uh, I didn't see that bit coming. I just thought she'd get drilled to death eventually, but no, and the hot tub bl- uh, water turns red, which I did see coming, yeah. Well, and as, as stupid as it is, like, where did this drill with a three-foot-long bit come from? <laughs> with an extension cord, you know, to, yeah. to, to reach as far as it needed to. It was stupid, but it was fun to watch. It was. It was cool. Denise Richards' stunt double got injured filming the the hot tub stuff. Seriously, their, their, their stunt coordinator has some explaining <laughs> to do. Then Dorothy and Kate have kind of a fight. Yeah. Dorothy says, you know, Adam could be the killer. And Kate's like, uh, what? Uh, well, maybe Campbell's the killer. And then Dorothy's like, you all just don't want me to be happy because I'm just the fat one and that's all you ever thought of me. And yeah. she's like, you know what? F- you all. And then she storms off and we don't see her again for a while no well the party empties really quickly because as soon as that drill was tossed into the hot tub apparently circuits breakers don't work well in this house or something because the entire house uh all of the electricity goes out Uh uh-huh and so then that causes everybody to immediately leave (laughs) yeah right (laughs) like right away like within five minutes Mm -hmm. there's just a few people left in the house conveniently all of our main characters of whom there aren't many left Uh, there's not you're right kate 
goes out into the backyard and tries to call the detective because the detective is supposed to be on the way to the party, but he hasn't shown up. And so she calls his cell phone, but she hears it ringing. So she follows and finds the phone and it's like right next to this koi pond and she looks in the koi pond and there's this note that she had given Adam earlier why would this be there and she's already had a confrontation with Adam about his drinking she's pissed that he's been drinking then the detective's head floats up and so she screams and then it's the classic 80s slasher where the final girl runs around and finds all the bodies yeah (laughs) I called that too (laughs) and really really the only people left are Adam and Dorothy and Dorothy is MIA and Adam all of a sudden is acting super creepy. Like, yeah. what? Yeah. Why? Like, all of a sudden he's very menacing. Like, he's like lurking in the shadows and he's talking to her in a way that you could, if there weren't a killer around, you might just think, why are you being weird? But because there is a killer around, you're like, you're giving off like major killer vibes, bro. Like, yeah. And he is like talking about how he just wants to be with her and she's. She tries to get away from him, and she runs away from him, and, well, she kicks him in the nuts first, and then she runs away from him, and he's chasing her. I guess we're supposed to think it's just because he's drunk, like he's making Mm -hmm. poor choices, I guess. Yeah. But eventually, uh, she obviously thinks it's him, with good reason. That note is completely unexplained. He's chasing around, chasing around, chasing around. She eventually ends up, like, at the top of a staircase, and there's a door directly in front of her and I think that she pulls open the door and the cherub killer lunges out at her like tackles her yeah and they both go rolling down the stairs um and they're both apparently stunned for a moment she starts to get up and the cherub killer sits bolt upright and all of a sudden you hear a bunch of gunshots and you see the cherub killer shot like four times right in the chest And you look over and Adam has a gun. And he's basically like, it's over. And he comforts her and he goes and he takes the mask off. And it's Dorothy. And I was like, "Ah, I knew it. I knew it was her. I knew it wasn't. Well, (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to set up a big surprise, Todd. Oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, yeah. And I also was like, okay, the movie's (laughs) over now. (laughs) No, I was still, I I just thought that was too easy. Like, it was just too easy. Like, there was no big fight. Um, And uh, Kate's like, why would she do it? And Adam's like, all I can think is someone is that lonely or that angry. They can learn to hide it. But inside, it never dies. It just stays there. Eats away at you. Until one day you have to do something about it. Oh my god, we left out a huge plot point. We um, sure did. <laughs> <laughs> um, all throughout the whole movie, every time the killer kills somebody, blood runs out of the nose of the mask. It's important, and we forgot to tell you about it. It is important, (laughs) and it matches the same. The same thing happened to the kid when he was young. That's how we know it's definitely that kid, right? Because yeah, he bleeds. What was it? Does he bleed when he's horny? What 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 was the? Where did the nosebleeds happen? When he's threatened or something? But yeah, I I mean, that was a key element that really made me realize 
pretty early on, like, well, it can't be anybody but that boy. Right. Like, it can't be any of the girls. Even when I thought, well, maybe it is one of the girls. I'm like, no, because this nosebleed thing. That um, that mask is apparently really tight fitting, right? In order for the never to bleed out, but like that's a key element. And I knew, like, probably about halfway through the movie, I said, "All right, we're gonna have a moment where the killer is gonna be revealed because there's gonna be some sort of face off or something, and his nose starts bleeding mm-hmm. as he is, as Adam is caressing her and saying these these things. Uh, suddenly, you see some blood dripping on her face, and you the camera pans up, and his nose is bleeding." And I was like, yep, I thought so. And then it cuts <laughs> to black and credits. Yeah, I, I I remembered that it was him. But then I, honestly, as the movie went on, I started to question myself. Because especially in that scene where he was acting so strangely, yeah. and I still don't understand why he got drunk. Like, yeah. if you're carrying out, the, I mean, I guess... If you're on a mission, he's, yeah. He's crazy. But, yeah, if you're on a mission... Why would you get drunk? I, I whatever. Um, but I do kind of like that he gets away with it. I do too. At uh, first, and I totally didn't put this together until I read about it. When he's being very menacing, but she's she's trying not to be too obvious that she's scared of him. He asks her to dance, and they do. There's no music, but they do dance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as he's holding her, he's got like her head to his chest. He says, "I love you, Kate. I always have." Yeah. So he did eventually. You know, when he asked her to dance when they were kids, she said maybe later. He did eventually get his dance, and and presumably they end up together, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the ending, like that aspect of the ending, I really liked. You know, it was a little, I mean, it's not unusual for the killer to get away, but it is kind of satisfying in in a sick way that this guy got his revenge, followed through with it, and managed to get the girl. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there was something kind of obviously poetic about the fact that uh, they ended up together at the end and something really twisted about the fact that she may never know. Right, right. Yeah, I, I when he said, and I've all loved you and I always will, I thought that was going to be her moment where she looked up and said, wait a minute. Uh-huh. I was so waiting for that to happen and it went right by her and I was like, well, there's no question now. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah, uh. I mean, I, I geez, I... I the, the the truth of the matter is I didn't like it very much and I thought that I would and you know when I told some people we were doing this people were excited about it and so I don't want to the the acting is okay you know I think that it was limited by some things like for example David Boreanaz was only available to shoot for 10 days and so there was only so much they could do with him and he, he wanted to play the masked killer, but his schedule just didn't allow for it. And so the stunt man who does play the masked killer is noticeably smaller than him. And like you said, the pacing, it just, in addition to the fact that there are so many characters, like honestly, it's an hour and a half. It took me probably well over two hours to watch it because I kept having to pause it to try to figure out who people were. I'm going back to the IMDb page and I'm looking at their headshots which are, of course, current headshots, so they're older now. And the girls, it's not like they all look the same, but, you know, they're they're mostly just 
pretty blondish girls. <laughs> it was it was frustrating <laughs> in that way. All the red herrings were frustrating. The kills were were pretty good. I would have preferred to see them in their original form. Extra gory way. It, it's not a bad movie. There's nothing wrong with it, and it's it's a fun movie for Valentine's Day. If you're a fan of horror and you want to watch a Valentine's movie on Valentine's Day. Yeah. Watch this. Yeah. It's not bad, and, and it's got a, a major Valentine vibe to it. I mean, it really centers around the holiday. Um, and so that was fun. There are movies that we watch sometimes that I walk away and I'm angry that I spent the time watching it. I'm not angry that I spent the time watching it, but I certainly never need to see it again. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> Again, I thought this was going to be a bit of a time capsule for us at the very least, and it was in a way, but I just I just think there were too many characters. There was really no strong focus thread throughout the movie because we had to bounce back and forth between all these people. A lot of the stuff was a little implausible, you know, with what the killer yeah. was. Some of it's even still head-scratching when we go back and analyze it. Like, why did he kill him? Why did he kill mm-hmm. that person? He killed the maid. Like, Yeah, why? Just to be killed. Yeah, I didn't understand that either. And then, like, there's kind of a big moment between, uh, was it Dorothy and her stepmom and her dad? Which... yeah. There must have been stuff cut out there because I thought that was going to be a, a some kind of point, you know, but uh-huh. there's nothing. And the whole movie, it just felt like meandered on with all this interrelationship kind of stuff. Well, uh, right. There are so many scenes like that, like that the whole scene with Paige and the detective that the, yeah. it was entirely unnecessary. It added nothing to the plot. It was really just kind of gross. Like, yeah, what was the point? There was no point to it. I don't know. Mm. It kind of did feel like they were padding for time, which is I stupid. I think so. So, you know, some interesting kills. Uh, Denise Richards was happy to see her yeah. uh, in a Beautiful bikini people. for a while. That was mm-hmm. really nice. But, yeah, uh, at the end of the day, I felt the same way as you, and I wasn't exactly sure why, but I think I've kind of parsed it out. I think we've kind of parsed it out. Yeah. Well, thank you again for the suggestion, Heather. And uh, thank you all. Happy Valentine's Day to you folks. I hope you had a good one. We love you all. (laughs) This is our Valentine to you. (laughs) If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. We have uh, more surprises coming your way, particularly towards the beginning of March. Uh, Be watching for something special there. Share this podcast out uh, there in the ether and find us online by Googling Two Guys and a Chainsaw Podcast. Leave us a message. Share some love with us as well. We want to accept your Valentines no matter how macabre they might be. (laughs) The more macabre, the better, really. Until next time, I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. With two guys and a chainsaw. Chainsaw.